This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Leandro Nati Lewis Nyao, but everybody calls me Onati! And... Jeremy Cobb, but Goblin Snack calls me Remoraz. Remoraz. If you know what that's a reference to, look it up on D&D Beyond. It's a scary, scary monster. Scary, scary monster. (laughs) You can Um, even hear Matt Mercer tell you how it's pronounced. (laughs) <laughs> if you click on the little the little audio thing on the site it's beautiful big shout out to goblin snack as well goblin yeah. snack has been, goblin been around snack. since like day one yeah OG. this time. is honestly an og nickname i yeah, just yeah. hadn't gotten to it yet i had to yeah. jump back uh it was far past time for me to have said it uh, uh and you know what else i need to say what do you need to say jeremy mm. uh i need to say that I haven't made a tenant reference in a while, but also, oh, did you see that, that someone asked that question of you? Like, in like you were doing a Q and A for a different show. Oh yes, this is the same day as I'm recording the new the no small questions appearance. Uh, <laughs> it is a follow up to my appearance on the the show No Small Roles as Dwayne Fabulosa, uh, <laughs> and the <laughs> someone asked about tenant, and I thank you, person who asked about tenant. Uh, I will Why? probably answer that question. Why? So, <laughs> so, uh, but I also have to say, uh, sh- I have to shout out some new patrons new because we patrons! have a bunch. Woo-hoo. It's popping off. It's popping yeah, off like popcorn awesome. right now. Yeah. Um, so we have. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jasper, but I'm mm. going to start. We have Jay Mahin. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. I probably didn't. Oh, you need to thank, uh, well, Les Hillis is on the list. Just first. Oh, Just excuse that, me. Les Hillis is first. I so. skipped you, Les. Yeah. I'm sorry, Les. It'll never happen again, Les. Les. Hillis. If never he does it again, he's off the show. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll kill, my, I'll kill myself off the show. I was, was going to yeah. say kick myself off the <laughs> show. <laughs> wow, today has been a day. It's been a day. It's been a day. Uh, been a day. <laughs> it went, that was the it's worst Friday. Freudian slip I've had on air. It's Friday so, and it's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Les Hillis. Thanks, Les. <laughs> Thanks, Jayman. Thanks to Hugh Cunningham. Uh, one of my good friends in, in elementary school was named Andrew Cunningham. So huh. I have a long, his, a long positive history with Cunninghams. Uh, John Bader, or better. Uh, Sarah Sneed. I also went to high school with someone named Darius Sneed. He was mm. an outstanding singer and a very nice person. Also, uh, Jamil Cookmans. Uh, Flando Maltrizian. Great name. Very good. Uh, mm. Joel Robertson. Quinn Schultz. Who I believe uh, is from a couple of characters, uh, Quinn yeah. Schultz. Uh, so yes. shout out to the couple of characters. Thank you, uh, Nicholas Young. That's Gaboob. Hell yeah! That I feel like I should. I feel like I should say that's Gaboob. That's I, don't yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, but it's it feels like. Uh, and Hannah Hannah Tucker McClellan. 
mm-hmm. perhaps named after the the famous Civil War general George McCle- McClellan, uh, leader mm-hmm. of the Union forces for much or of the Civil War, related. until he was fired. Perhaps a descendant wow. of George McClellan. What a thing! Hey, look, he was talented but overly cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, <laughs> Caribou Puppy. Yeah, Caribou, Caribou Puppy. puppy. <laughs> Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> it makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Yeah! We're about to get into something real big now. That, that sounds that adorable. So adorable. A little puppy with like caribou felt yeah. caribou antlers. That'd be so much fun. That'd be so its much fun. bark Thanks. is it, it makes noises halfway between a bark and a caribou scream. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just like <laughs> that noise needs to go in the in the the, the opening song. <laughs> that noise you just made. Please do. Please do. <laughs> oh wow! Massive shout out. The patrons are coming in thick and fast. Thank you so much. It means Thank you. It's, it's like you know it, uh, it. It's been incredible the level of support that we've been getting recently and the difference it's making. And we're putting that money to good use, making things even better for the future. So thank you very, 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 very much. Um, Lining Jamal's pockets. Indeed, he mm. is getting some. He's uh, getting some silk lined pockets because Unati will not pay him any mm. out of her gold stash his diet is too rich he's gonna get gout give, <laughs> give, give jamal gout that's the new <laughs> no he's a give child jamal gout. he's a no. child a benevolent child he's a, but a child he's not benevolent he's a tyrant <laughs> he deserves gout he deserves it some people just deserve gout no jeremy don't speak too loudly i hear you he's just in the next room <laughs> um so today Halflings, uh, we have been uh, keeping uh, close tabs uh, on a lot of the current news stories, and uh, we found uh, there is an article in the Hollywood Reporter, which is reporting on uh, Ray Fisher's experience working on Justice League, and sort of more specifically post Zack Schneider leaving uh, and Joss Whedon coming in. Um, and we just thought it would be an interesting uh, topic for us to discuss because a lot of what goes into in the article itself is about like the way the character is portrayed and the way that um, uh, he felt some uh, white execs and the, the white director um, approached that task of representing a black character um, and as very explicitly the first black superhero in the DCU. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it, it kind of builds up for quite an interesting conversation. So we thought we would uh, get stuck into that a little bit today um, uh, and very specifically again about the representation of the character specifically um, uh, because there's there's I mean there's a lot we will put a link in the uh, show mm. notes below because there is there is a lot in this uh, in this article, but it's a good read and it's an interesting one. And I think it raises several uh, interesting points we often talk about. So one of the first thing, big points that I pointed out uh, and I thought think is an interesting thing to talk about is that uh, the um, writer and the director both acknowledged the fact that they were um, white. Uh, this is back when Zack Snyder was still on board. Um, and they discussed uh, in this part of the article, they discussed about the fact that they felt that Cyborg's story was sort of at the heart of the movie. Uh, they wanted Cyborg... Uh, 
story to be uh, very important. They thought they took the kind of mantle of the first black superhero in the DCU as an important one very seriously, they've uh, they've said here. Um and uh, with a white writer and a white director, we uh, this is a quote, sorry, from the writer uh, Terrio. Um, with a white writer and a white director, we thought we both thought that having the perspective of an actor of color was really important. And Ray, Ray was really good with the story and the character, and he became a partner in creating. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit! Even aunts. Yes. It's Especially aunts, oh, well. because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an aura frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Victor, which is the name um, of uh, Cyborg. Victor Stone. Victor Stone. Um, And um, uh, Ray Fisher goes on to say that uh, he felt like it was... um, that, that having his parents both being portrayed as two genius uh, genius level black people was something that you don't see every day um, and and important and he talked about the fact that he felt that it was important uh, that he mm. was representing the first uh, black uh, superhero in the DCU it's quite a big uh, I feel like it's quite a big mantle right like yeah it is when Black Panther dropped like it was a big deal you know it was a very like, very yeah, big deal phenomenon um, mm-hmm. yep but kind of like, I guess my first instinct there is drawing parallels in that uh, where the character of Black Panther was given endless amounts of agency and license within this movie to celebrate the kind of culture and everything that surrounds them. I guess that's where it, the uh, Ray Fisher comes from a lot of what he says here is the fact that it feels like um, his story post Zack Snyder leaving was then not the same story. So um, I can mm. attest, I've watched the films, I've watched both versions, uh, and uh, his the backstory with his mum is no longer mentioned in the show, and the backstory with his dad is very, very 
minimal within it. Mm. Uh, so what was quite a big plot point, quite a big part of the character development for him, for his character is completely... So you're sorry, you're saying that in the Snyder cut, there's a ton more backstory for the oh, character yeah. than there is in the original, the Whedon cut, I guess, absolutely. or the official yeah. released version of the film. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, the, the That's something original- I've heard. I've heard he's almost the protagonist of this. I haven't seen either version of the movie, yeah, but I've heard that he's kind of the protagonist of the Snyder cut. Yes, he is. Yeah. He absolutely is one of the main focuses of the Snyder Cut. Uh, we go into it gets a lot of backstory in terms of like what happened to his mum, uh, the relationship that he has with his dad, why that is so complicated. Uh, mm. In the original release cut, I don't think we see Cyborg for like the first hour nearly of the movie, um, mm. and he kind of comes in and speaks very little and has very little to do with the whole thing. Um, mm. And it could be in part to do, you know, what I can discuss later in the. Um, uh, in this uh, particular uh, article, but um, it's, uh, I guess my initial thought, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, is like, uh, the two, the writer and the director, first of all, they got um, Ray Fisher involved in the creation of the character, which I think is, it's not an ideal situation, and if you're yeah. trying to pilot, uh, not pilot, uh, premiere, I guess, a black superhero, and you mm. want to center that story, it might be good to have other people involved uh, who are, yeah. you know, who POCs, uh, yeah. or yeah, yeah, at least POCs, like at least POCs, if not black, to give their input so that it's not all just down to the actor to create. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. That, Tell you how to create the character. I mean, yeah. the thing is that 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 happens so often in the mm. industry. It's actually staggering. If I had a dollar for the amount of times I was relegated to the role of resident black person in a mm. room, I wouldn't need to be an actor. Yeah, like honestly, I'd be loaded. I'd be Ooh. sitting in Bora Bora right now. It's on. It's it's and it's infuriating. Whether it be theater, film, TV, voice work, even sometimes the amount of times mm. I've had to do a secondary job, which is to then act as essentially the dramaturge, <laughs> which I'm not being paid for, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. only giving me my actor's fee. Um, I've got to now come in and speak for a whole bunch of and speak for my entire race, first of all, um, regardless of any difference in creed and culture. Mm. Then on top of that, I must also go home and do the work and come in and be the character while mm. also giving your cliff notes. Pay mm. me. Mm. Pay me, fool. It's 2021 and it's a pandemic. I got a job. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That's So that would be my first kind of like mm-hmm. where I think Ray Fisher speaks very highly of Zack Snyder and uh, and of the of the writer Terrio, I think that the the issue for Chris me Terrio. is that like Chris Terrio, thank you. Um, for some reason, that didn't his full name didn't make it into my notes. <laughs> Terrio is a real person. <laughs> I, look this up. I think Terrio is a person. O. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, Terrio, because you did not write this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, it, you oh, know, no, it, it's it, oh it, Terry. I mean, it does, it shows sensitivity on their part, but again, it must be understood that it's not the responsibility of the actor to come in and do the job of the dramaturge or the researcher. Yes, it's just, it's absolutely. Yeah. Um, Although, interestingly enough, see, because uh, uh, in my brain, there's this running thing of like, what would have happened if Black Panther had debuted in an Avengers film? But mm. he did kind of because kind he of. debuted in Civil War. Civil War, yeah. But mm. Civil War was written by two white guys and directed by two white guys. Mm-hmm. And Black Panther was treated with much more respect in that movie yes. than I think Cyborg, from what it sounds like. Not, yeah. And it's not just from you, Jasper. I've heard from multiple people that Cyborg is just kind of there yes. in the original cut of the film. I wonder if the re- if the distinction here is not necessarily a, a fact. It may be tied to the people involved, but I also wonder if it's because 
Black Panther was slated to have his own movie from the get-go, whereas mm. I'm not aware if, the, if I don't think Cyborg ever had plans for a, the, the, if they ever had plans for a Cyborg movie. As far as I'm aware, he was contracted in to appear uh, in the Flash movie, but right. then there was also a, distri- uh, a dispute over the fact that he was being billed as a cameo, even though he was required for something like three weeks or two weeks of filming, and he was uh-huh. like, nah, that's no, not a cameo, my dudes. That's not a cameo, and so therefore like ended up seven not... On the I'm now, yeah, I'm now a supporting character in the film. Yes, yeah. and I'm playing yeah. a character who is like the lead in other films. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. So anyway, so no, he wasn't... I don't think he was slated to have his own film but also i think that i completely agree because what i was about to say is some of the elements that i think um that are very good in civil war is like the th- like the theme of black panther like those are like, in- like incredible like drum theme that you hear every time black panther turns up it, they already had made that for civil war so like he's did you know what I mean like there's still that essence of culture and of history and even though we're not getting it yet like we're going to get it in a later movie uh, uh we still we're still getting a sense that there is care and uh, going into the origins of this character. And I think mm. that what is so telling of this is the fact that uh, Joss Whedon felt it appropriate to come in and just cut out all of the... Um, the cyborg stuff. The cyborg backstory yeah. that humanizes that character. The article seems to all, to frame it as them cutting it because Whedon was brought in to make the movie lighter and happier. And I guess Cyborg has a tragic backstory and that may well be the case, but what you do end up with is you are basically neutering the, you're you're the only black character in the film, the only prominent black character in the film. You're you're just removing all of the the weight and uh, I get, yeah, all the meaning from that character. It's just that they're there now. Uh, well, I, w- yeah. I, w- I wanted to kind of bring this up a little later, but I'll throw this in now because I think it's it's kind of important, uh, which is that throughout the article, it talks constantly about uh, stereotypes and how the execs and the director uh, like in Joss Whedon were terrified of being of any way stereotypical of anything. And so uh, one of the the, uh, the the things in the article here uh, is basically that uh, Ray Fisher was told that he was uh, that it was a problem. It was problematic that he only smiled twice twice in the movie um and they could not portray uh yeah yeah yeah, that they could not portray an angry black man at the center of the film um uh uh, and so and apparently joss whedon was specifically brought on and this is the quote from the exec uh, berg johns i think his name is um uh Uh, john berg sorry Uh, john berg Berg. um sorry i've said that name a few times now it's it's, uh, john berg it sounds a bit uh, jeff john berg john John jacob jingleheimer john John jeff berg um so joss whedon was brought on uh, to specifically uh, add joy and hopefulness to all six superheroes. Mm. Um, the conversations were, uh, they were <laughs> always conversations, Batman. yeah, about adding, uh, about avoiding <laughs> stereotype of race, gender, or sexuality. Okay, so. so. <laughs> yeah, my, so my, here's, here's, so here's my thing, and then uh, I'll, I'll throw it to you guys. When it comes to stereotype, uh, and I sort of said this when we were having a little discussion off air, I saw, uh, is that I feel like we can go way too far and you strip someone of any then of any relation that they might have to the audience of whom they're supposed to represent, right? And so for me, when you say, oh, the stereotype of an angry black man, for me, it no longer is a stereotype if you provide the context for why the black man is angry. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? If, if you don't provide context, there is, then, you know, there is a stereotype. 
Yeah, like people didn't have people weren't angry that T'Challa was angry in was Civil human. War. The whole he was film, angry he the was whole angry. Time. The whole film, he was just Except an angry for the, black the dude. Couple <laughs> minutes at the beginning when he was happy because his dad was alive. <laughs> as soon as his dad is murdered, he's like, "I want to avenge my father's murder." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And no one was angry about that because <laughs> it was completely understandable that a, yeah, <laughs> that a person would be upset because their their uh, their parent was killed. So yes, adding uh, adding joy, hopefulness, and happiness to all six superheroes. It's like I feel like it goes. It it speaks a lot to the sort of general, slightly jumbled feel. I think to the DCU that a lot of people criticize. Don't get me wrong. I fully understand there are people who really, really enjoy the DCU movies. I'm not saying that you shouldn't enjoy the DC movies. I think that if you enjoy them, that is is awesome. Um, but I think that like. Tonally, there's always been a bit of a question is like, okay, yeah. what are we aiming for? Are we going for Batman Begins here or are we going for like, uh, a, you know, a Guardians of the Galaxy type thing, which is what they tried to do with Suicide Squad, Or Batman Squad, v right? Superman. Or Batman <laughs> v Superman. And, and so I think that you were always going to encounter this issue when you go, when you take what was Zack Schneider's vision to make this very gritty, very real mm. kind of superhero movie uh, in what his original take for Justice League was. And then try and make it into like Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it like that. Or was, even no, Avengers. Or even, even yeah, exactly. Avengers. Because I think Avengers. I think that's really what they were going for. They weren't going all in on the comedy. Sure. They just sure. wanted it to be like a Marvel movie. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, they yeah. felt like uh, I mean, and to be honest, I think some of the criticism of the previous two DC EU movies was merited because mm. they were overly dour. I mm. don't think. I think that if you make a Superman movie where Superman doesn't enjoy being Superman, you're, you might be missing the point of why Superman works as a character. Mm. But the, yeah, it's, look, I, regardless of whether or not they, the movies were too dour or not, I think the key here is that part of that lack, like you were saying, Jasper, as mm. a result of that, uh, as a result of the efforts to remove that dourness or at least sweeten, Sweet, mm. We wanted it to be sweetened hour. Uh, they they ended up removing. They ended up gutting Cyborg as a character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you can't have light without shade, right? I don't understand why. Mm. And okay, cool. All of the sh- all of the nonsensicalities aside, to have, I mean, obviously there were real reasons why Snyder had to pull away, but then to mm. bring in somebody who isn't necessarily even tonally in like the same place, I'm just like they'd already brought him in though. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Part of why he left, like he didn't just leave because of the tragedy that occurred. I mean, that was a huge part of it, yeah. but it was yeah. also because DC was putting huge amounts of pressure on the dude and had already brought Weeded in. He was mm. just in the wings, like crouching there, like a gargoyle. <laughs> Like, uh, I'm just like, <laughs> what's happening in this production company? Who, who's mm, what mm. happened? In, what happened in pre-production phase? Like when we were when we were planning? What is there? Is there a brief for the the is the, there, is there for, sh- for DC? Like, do we have a plan? Is there somebody <laughs> leading it? Is there a captain? I don't know because it just looks like MS to me. But, but, it, but it sounds like that, there's multiple captains. Well, yeah, I guess, I think that's the problem. Yeah, there's too many captains, if anything. Mm. And I just, I really, I just really can't get away from this, like thing of that that you that robbing someone of any uh, any link to an audience for me i remember watching the first version of uh, of uh, of justice league thinking why is uh, why and i genuinely thought this to myself why is cyborg playing a white man like that genuinely the, yeah. the characterization of that character he was supposed to be living in like a brooklyn apartment with his like black dad and like a relatively like uh, a black neighborhood and yeah. whatever and he was just like 
like, why, hello there, I am Cyborg. Like, and I was like, what the fuck? I'm, I'm like, sorry. this is such a weird, <laughs> really... you know, it just felt like so, I, like, I didn't hard. believe. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was like, I don't believe that you grew up in this neighborhood. I don't believe that these are your friends. I don't believe that, and like, and for all this, like, oh, he didn't smile enough. I was like, brother smiled like, still like smiled like once or twice in this movie like and it and the thing is this is where you need to get your actor on board because you could tell even when he was smiling he was not smiling it was like if you watch the clip uh we should probably get onto this bit if you watch the clip where he says booyah and they put it in the trailer this ah oh, anyway yeah oh. so uh i will i'll read this next bit and get your thoughts because i think this is one of the more uh, this bit for me, I was like, I felt this, and I was like, this hurts me as, as an actor. Like, this really, really hurts me. Um, so, uh, tensions escalated when the issue of having Cyborg say Booyah arrived. Yeah, it really is. Honestly, uh, uh, the, the, phrase, the phrase had become a signature of the character thanks to the animated Teen Titans version of... But cyborg, okay, <laughs> which is great. Honestly, is great, I do like which that is show. Great, but it's it's tonally a million miles away, away yeah. from what they are making, and also it's Teen Titans, not Justice League. Yeah. Cyborg yeah. does not say booyah in the Justice League animated show, which is just as campy. It's just a bit more serious. Like he still doesn't say booyah in it because it's. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> Fisher says uh, that uh, he had approached Snyder about using the line, but the director did not want any catchphrases. Um, he um, managed the situation by putting the words booyah in signs within the film as like little Easter eggs, which, you know, that's cute. That's a cutesy. I'm like, OK, I get that. I get yeah. that. Fisher said that he didn't want to use the words uh, himself because he thought that uh, in a live action thing, it plays out very differently to an animated series and thought that black characters in pop culture with defining phrases such as Gary Coleman's What You're Talking About Willis or Jim Walker's Dynamite um, uh, would basically, it reads very differently. And he said, and then he basically proposed the question, why is the only person with a catchphrase in this movie the only black character? Yeah, there you which go. I think is super valid. Yeah. So now we have this whole discussion, this whole argument. There's some shenanigans that I won't even go into in which Joss Whedon was quite clearly being antagonistic towards him on set the day he had to say the line, but I won't go into it because I don't think we need to waste our breath on Joss Whedon at this point, having heard everything that we've heard about him. Um, so that all aside, there is now a trailer one of the main trailers they used for the movie, no character says any lines in it. We just get a nice shot, hero shot of each of the lines until right at the end, it zooms in on Cyborg and he goes, Booyah. And it's the most lackluster uh, <laughs> reading of a line. Emphasis on the boo. It's, <laughs> you know. Boo. Yeah. Like, it is. Uh, why, <sighs> why did you even bother asking for his opinion then? Like, why? why, why I mean, I, yes, there was a handover here. There was a little bit of, like, a relay race happening here. Cool, fair enough. But then why, why did you bother then? What was the point? You should have just done what you wanted to do in the first place and cut him a check and moved on with your lives. I think it well, just... <laughs> it did. I think the initiative changed. I think that's mm. what I think. What we see here is in in contrast to Marvel, and maybe this is why some of these events occurred the way that they did. In contrast to Marvel, where everything seems to come back to Kevin Feige mm. as the head. This the DCEU seemed to be initially conceived as a partnership 
uh, with Zack Snyder directing the the movies and kind of conceiving of the tone, but Jeff Johns kind of providing the comic book knowledge mm-hmm. and providing the uh, the other perspective, but. Clearly, the studio, once they got rid of Snyder, it sounds like John's kind of got turned into a cog in the machine. Mm -hmm. And whatever whatever interest that John's may have historically had in uh, representing diversity, because Mm -hmm. as the article acknowledges, he has been responsible for trying to push for diverse characters in comic books. He's a a very champion cyborg in the comics. Like he, I'm pretty sure it's the one who put him in the Justice League. He put him in the Justice League and every like. Do you know what I mean? He's the reason he's in the film. Excellent. but at this point, what I hear when I read the the comments that Jeff Johns makes, because throughout the article, Jeff Johns pops up as somebody who's trying to smooth out mm. what basically corporate is asking for mm-hmm. and, and tell and, and like convince Ray to go along with mm. what 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 corporate wants. Mm. And it sounds like he was in a position where he didn't have the kind of power that someone like Kevin Feige had, yeah. where yeah. Kevin Feige could be like, no, he's not saying no. it. Yeah. And and. I fully believe that Jeff Johns probably, uh, well, I don't know. That's the thing, though. He, he may have brought it back up. It may have been one of those things that Jeff Johns had wanted him to say originally. Because mm. I remember they in the in the article, they mentioned that Joss Whedon said that Jeff told him that cyborg is a catchphrase. And that was how it got in. So yeah. who knows? It's, it's a mess. But it, I'm, so I'm not going to sit here and try and absolve Jeff Johns of guilt. But I, I, it sounds like he was pl- he was the corporate guy. By yes. The end of it. Well, yeah. actually, yeah. There's a so this is a uh, this is an interesting quote about uh, the uh, something that Johns had said to Fisher, which might be good to throw in now. Uh, Johns told Fisher to play the character less like Frankenstein and more like Quasimodo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the the quote goes on. Uh, Fisher <laughs> Fisher says in order to demonstrate the look he wanted, Johns dipped his shoulder in what struck Fisher as a servile position. Uh, to Fisher, there was a big difference between portraying a character who was born with a disability versus one who was transformed by trauma. Um, he felt that Cyborg was a kind of a modern-day Frankenstein and didn't have any intention of playing him in a jovial, cathedral-cleaning way. <laughs> Guys, uh, there are literal like, people who've made their entire careers about cultural sensitivity. I don't understand why we're here. Yeah. Like, there are literal people who have entire careers about this. Mm. And you are Warner Brothers. You can pay them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think this is the the quote here that really sticks out to me, though, is the fact that uh, Fisher clearly had his kind of he clearly had a very strong opinion about this in the fact that he said you know and i think a very uh, eloquent point saying portraying the character as someone like it's very different portraying a character with someone who's born with a disability versus someone who is transformed by trauma that for me shows a very intelligent like an emotionally intelligent person trying to say look this is going to come across in the wrong fucking way if i start playing quasimodo with this character not to mention he's supposed to be cyborg an elite level warrior type do you know what i mean so if he starts Mm. acting with a hunter to be funny like I don't, I don't think so that was, I don't think that's what they were suggesting I don't have a problem at all between the comparison or with a comparison between Quasimodo and Frankenstein in contrast to this character I think the issue is that they were trying to make him uh they were trying to change the character in a way that didn't work for the character that they had created well it, it does specifically say that he issue. dipped his shoulder like yeah. in quasimodo a was a hunchback like he was doing a quasi if, if you do a quasimodo pose you look servile no you can't, absolutely you, but you i'm, I'm superman as quasimodo like yes, he's part of that, the character but that, that's exactly what i'm yeah sorry i think we're on we're on the same page and what i'm saying is that the character itself 
it, it doesn't make any sense for the character itself, yeah. let yeah. alone the connotations then that come with it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, um, the connotations of him, because it sounds similar to shucking and jiving, is how I would describe mm, yeah. the way that they're, the way, certainly the way that it sounds like it came across to Ray Fisher. Yeah. Yes. It sounds very, it sounds uncomfortably close to uh, other stereotypes, like such as the Uncle Tom stereotype. Mm-hmm. And, mm. Look that and the Sambo state, like there's a lot of nasty, and I don't Mammy. think that I look. It's yeah, and it's entirely possible that Jeff Johns meant that, but I, I don't think. I feel like once you say Quasimodo and then hunt your shoulder, you're gonna look sort of like I don't know. But I agree that it was a wrong. It w- it mm. would be the wrong choice for that character as they created him. It just doesn't make sense. And I think Ray Fisher has a good point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, he goes on, and I think this is one of the one of the things that I would like to, I think, would like us to discuss because I think this is a very astute point, which is that um, it was like he was assuming how black people uh, would respond. And this is in respond to uh, stereotypes. Uh, this is in respond. This is in uh, uh, it's in into how he was playing the character, how he's portraying the character as quote unquote uh, potentially like an angry black man, etc. Uh, he said uh, it, it was like assuming he was. It was like he was assuming how black people would respond rather than taking advice from the only black person as far as i know in like he sort of says as far as i know that had any kind of creative creative impact on the project so ray fisher there is saying he's he, as far as he knows he's the only black person that had any input on the project mm. and instead of just so i think it kind of it goes even a step worse to what you were saying in because it's not like hey would you mind mm. it's like when like hey we know you're over there but we're not even going to ask we're just going to yeah. make you do shit which and I think this happens a lot with POCs um, on sets in theatre, um, especially when, A, you've built something in tandem. Now, if you're working in a good relationship, and I can only think that Zack Snyder and Fisher had a, a good working relationship. But mm. then when you are worried with what corporate is going to say, um, when you are also, didn't Warner Brothers also do American Gods? Or am I insane? Uh, I'll look that up. I yeah, we could check. Um, and when you are worried about when you when you when you're putting something out into a climate where there is a lot of heat around such issues, such uh, as it's, it's produced by Fremantle North America and distributed by Lionsgate Television. Thank you very I much. I'm incorrect. Uh, that's I fine. I don't. Yeah, that's fine. That's a mute point. Um, but when you are like portraying something within a climate where things are quite heated, there is mm. a tendency on the other side of the camp, uh, be they allies or malicious, where you get too gentle. Yeah, you ask for mm, the information mm. and then you become too tentative to the point where it completely dilutes and you, in fact, fall straight into sparkling racism. Right mm. when you could have just trusted the. POC artist who is telling you this is my lived experience and I understand this experience and just because I may come up, come off as quote unquote angry black man to you that is not necessarily incendiary and also mm. black people are angry I don't know what you want me to say we're <laughs> yeah, mad yeah. as hell like yeah, I don't yeah. know what you want me to say and if you make me shuck and jive you're just actually going to be pour- pouring napalm onto the fire I don't yes. know what you're thinking and I don't understand the arrogance of it to suggest that if you are and, and I mean this in no offensive way I because I will say the same thing as a as so for instance as a male I would not presume to be able to very to uh, uh, to always diligently and accurately portray female experience 
I would not presume to do that. And on the other so therefore, I don't understand why white writers feel that they have the uh, the uh, agency to always accurately portray a person of color. Like, like if if you're if you're right if you write something in a very sensitive and appropriate way, and you show it to a person of color who's going to then portray that character, maybe listen if they've got a couple of like, hey, this that feels. Do you know what I mean? Because, and that's not a reflection on you and your sensitivity. That is just a reflection on your lived experience, which you don't. Have. Have. Yeah, an unconscious and I, I bias. Think that, I yeah. think that that's. Uh, I think that appears to have been something that really entered the picture when Snyder left, yes. because it sounds like they went out of their way to collaborate with Ray Fisher. When I think it, as we, I think you guys had said earlier, it would have been Anunati, uh, as you mentioned, it would have been helpful to not just have Ray Fisher on this. I actually just did a quick. A series of Google searches. At least on the Wikipedia page for Justice League, everybody who's listed like at the top or uh, uh, the the director, the producers, the screenplay, the story, the uh, the cinematography, the editing, all of those people are white. So in that sense, I mean, yeah. it looks like Ray Ray has a lot. But yeah, the, what appears to be the only black person prominently involved with the project, mm-hmm. uh, they should have brought in an additional person. But still, they were making an effort to actually try and listen to lived black experiences. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like after after Snyder left and Whedon entered, it, it became... Just there's yeah. literally a line in here that says, we don't make Joss angry. Like they were trying yes. to avoid... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, here's uh, Fisher turned to Johns, who he, who he said had presented himself as a kind of mediator. So Jeff Johns. But Mm. Fisher says his ultimate response was, we can't make Joss mad. And this was after Ray Fisher had originally raised some objections to some of the, to the uh, Whedon's initial draft of the script. Yes. Uh, The change that he had made. Um, uh, Which I think very specifically was about axing uh, like his mum, his mum's storyline from the backstory where, um, where again, very explicitly it it portrayed both of his parents as like geniuses, basically like very intelligent people and, Mm. So there was a, clearly a very pointed reason for doing that. There yeah. was a clearly a very pointed reason that they wanted to portray um, him as not being, you know, uh, him him as having, you know, uh, a very well learned whatever parents because that felt like something that they hadn't hadn't been represented, etc. So like. I think that's a perfectly valid, you know, uh, thing. Yeah. And then to be told, no, 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 we can't make the director angry. Like, what the yeah, fuck? well, because Whedon had already been extremely dismissive of mm. Fisher. It actually says that. Uh, well, it has a quote. Uh, says it feels like I'm taking notes right now, and I don't yeah. like taking notes from anybody, not even Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and other <laughs> sources on the project say that Whedon was similarly dismissive of, of Gal Gadot and Jason Manoa, Jason Manoa, Momoa, Manoa. when they when they questioned new lines. Um, I mean, look that. That, that actually sounds pretty similar to a lot of other famous Hollywood screenwriters that came up in the 90s. So, mm. but it it is very it's very much an egotistical position compared to what it sounds like Zack Snyder had had a much more collaborative uh, experience. Approach. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's uh, pretty even egotistical. I don't like taking notes. It's just kind of like. Dude, come on. Dude, come on. Like, <laughs> There's got to be a better way to say that. And also not even a better way to say that. You're making a movie with a whole bunch of people. What do you mean you don't like taking notes? I don't understand. Like, you're at the, <laughs> yeah, you're at the yeah, helm yeah. of the team. You can't keep yeah. track of... You don't even know what your, like, what your gaffer's busy doing right now. Let it, like, yeah, calm yeah, yeah, down. Yeah. This, like, is a, this is a $300 million <laughs> dollar movie. Like, there is no way that you know what those $300 million is being spent on. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, okay, Spike. Like, calm down, like, relax, like, like, 
up. Like, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? The master? We're not on Buffy the Vampire Slayer anymore. Relax. Yeah, yeah. Relax. Calm yourself. That's actually, that, that genuinely feels like, you know, he, uh, uh, coming from, I think, uh, places of total autonomy and then coming yeah. into this environment where, um, it, you know, people were pushing back. People were kind of uh, used to being a part of a collaborative process, which it seems like they had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which actually, you know, as much as, again, I'm, I'm not a big, the biggest fan of these films by any stretch of the imagination, and I remember finding it a bit strange when they were like, all the actors were like, no, 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 release the Snyder Cut. And like, having watched it, like, I don't necessarily know if it's that much better, but like, I can definitely see why as actors, that's more true. Like, it feels like a more truthful representation of the movie mm. because I mean, Jesus, like, it's a different movie. It's yeah. just a completely you see, different you know what I mean? movie. Like, like, like when when <laughs> Two hours. Two hours. Two hours longer. Yeah. It's four hours. Oh, wow. That's not a cut. It's a long old. It's a long old. Longer than any of the Godfather movies. It's, yeah, it's, long it's, the, length movie. of the, it's the length of the extended version of Return of the King. Yeah, <laughs> like, like no wonder they had time for the backstory. It's like, a twist. It's a long old. And it's yeah, version it's, of Hamlet. Like, it's the whole <laughs> damn thing uncut. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, wow. man. Wow. They, they could have they trimmed. They could have trimmed it. I'll be honest. They could have trimmed it. Um... It's a little bit. Maybe the ep- I've heard the epilogue might have been very trippable. I feel like the Snyder Cut is almost like an explanation of guys, guys, guys. This wasn't the movie we were trying to make. We're so sorry. Yeah, 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 we're yeah. So yeah, sorry. yeah. Here, here's yeah, all the yeah, footage yeah. now. Here's yeah. all of it. <laughs> Please make your own assessment. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna I watch something also- good tonight, but I think I might just sit down and watch this just so that I can see. Mm. I just want to see. <laughs> just watch. You'll the be still dog- watching it tomorrow. It's a long. Movie, it's man. really long. It's that's, sorry, that's Lawrence that's of Arabia length. Yeah, it's it's, it's like wild. you gotta it's you gotta wild. make a real good movie to earn that kind of length. Yes, uh, but I I really wanted to bring something up because it, one of the things hmm. we haven't gotten to this part of the article, but one of the major th- I think the bulk of the article moves away from discussing what happened on set and it starts discussing Fisher's attempts to actually yes. get some of this investigated and mm. essentially. What the crux of that is, because obviously none of us are studio execs, but the the crux of that issue seems to be that Ward there. Well, the there there are a lot of uh, suffice it to say you should read the article. It's in mm. uh, the Hollywood Reporter, but we'll the, put a link the, to it in the description below. Yes, so but the theme of it. it seems to be there's an, a strong undercurrent of this black man trying to get his point heard and just having blocks thrown up some of them mm. just really blatant mm-hmm. at one point they literally picked a name out of a book and said no that person's investigating it yes and because <laughs> specifically because it was a black female lawyer yes um, they and and and, and later in the investigation so yeah this is a, like, a good point just because basically what happened is he called to say who's doing this investigation and like the attorney at warner brothers picked a name out of a book that was a, a picked a name of a black female lawyer and said it's this woman which gave fish which uh, fisher says and i quote like it gave him hope for the investigation thinking that they maybe then maybe there might be some appropriate oversight being taken mm-hmm. because they would understand the perspective that Ray Fisher was coming from being the only POC pretty much on set let alone in the creative yeah. department I mean counting uh, I guess Jason Momoa but he can present as white essentially I think he He's yeah I mean he ostensibly but it passes as white in the film. I mean, he literally lives in like a Scandinavian village, like yeah, you I know. Mean, uh, so it's it's yeah. Slightly, yeah. Um, 
Uh, but yes, okay, sorry, carry on. Okay, so, okay, so continue. Sorry, I'm like, I'm, I'm like well, I was taking that in. The, like, it's very, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very frustrating article to read because mm. what, what you end up with is a situation where Fisher is the voice crying in the wilderness, trying to get something, trying to be heard, and he eventually, he ends up getting painted as the angry black mm-hmm. man. Interestingly enough, in press releases by Warner Brothers, some of which are blatantly lying. Like, yep. blatantly, blatantly lying to the point yep. that Jason Momoa jumps in and is like, yeah, that's actually a lie. So It's kind so, of messed up that you did yes, this. Yes, so what yeah. happened is that he, uh, so uh, Ray Fisher made some comments on uh, social media and basically was like, look, this isn't getting investigated properly and I need you guys to be able to hear my story and they won't let me, like, you know, they won't do this through any official channels, which I have tried to ask them to do and they won't do it. So he put this statement out, at which point Point, someone leaked, and I am using big inverted commas here, some information about a, um, I think it's like the, 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 the snowman, Frosty the Snowman the Frosty movie, the snowman Frosty movie. The snowman. leaked some information uh, about it with Jason Momoa is like the voice of this thing, and basically Jason Momoa choice. came out and said like, that isn't official, that isn't confirmed, you, whoever's leaked true. this... Yeah, well, yeah, you might even okay, say that's not true. First of all, someone what does basically the leaked the snowman have to do? I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep it. Basically, <laughs> what happened is someone leaked this story yeah. to take attention away from Ray Fisher, like on purpose. <sighs> like this was something that was in the works and was not official, was not announced, yeah. nothing like this. Nothing's I think Ray, like Jason Momoa was like on a short list of people they hadn't even spoken to yet. Yeah. Like, and yeah. they released this story in order to detract away from this. And Jason Momoa came out and was like, that's not this true. Is, this and, is the quote on Instagram. I think I just think it's fucked up that people released a fake frosty announcement without my permission to try and distract from Ray Fisher speaking up about the shitty way we were treated on Justice League reshoots. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious stuff went down. It needs to be investigated and people need to be held accountable. That's a direct yep. quote from his Instagram. You see, and that is actually, oh, so go ahead, Unati. This is sparkling racism. And also, this is what happens at upper levels when that much any amount of money actually is involved. Yep. Like this mm. all comes down mm-hmm. to cold, hard cash. The reason why you can't upset Joss is because they're too worried about how much they have to pay him and whether they can find somebody mm-hmm. else to bring on. So everybody's got to tiptoe around everyone. But then, you know, mm-hmm. like, is the actress going to work? Walk? No, they're contractually bound for four years. They're making a lot of money, but arguably less, far less than the execs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you just you just have this game where you're pitting everyone against each other and even if you try to go through the proper channels no one is gonna dare piss off our lord and savior joss whedon for whatever reason like why like this industry keeps protecting these people it's so insidious and 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 mm-hmm. until like mm. those execs at the top are dealt with and there's re- and 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 there are more people of color sitting in those rooms no one is going to take anything seriously whether you're talking about gender you're talking about ableism you're talking about racism you're talking about any of these you know isms in society and it's infuriating because even if you take the proper channels you are always going to be palmed off because you do not have buying power and mm. i'm sorry okay right i'm gonna I'm no gonna uh, no time. yeah that but excellent yeah. you know team i completely i completely and wholeheartedly agree <sighs> it's one of the most infuriating things then you always get met with the like oh you know we're, we're looking to bring diversity in by like 2030 i'm like just make another role guys, like guys just hire someone else it's not like it like it's we're not talking millions here we're just like get a black exec in the room it's it really is that easy it's not a, it's not rocket science it, it shows like, how entrenched uh racism and racist attitudes are absolutely and, and really just you could say anti-diverse 
attitudes as well mm. in a way because yeah. it's not it's not just this is not just a racism issue mm. which is what which is what I was leading to which is Ray Fisher had been talking about this for months and months and months the mm. whole year mm. and Warner Brothers had had smeared him uh, they had dismissed him they had thrown up roadblocks they had tried to sort of palm him off saying like oh no don't worry about it it it's they they were we were taking care of it uh, and mm. he was trying to get this push through mm. and it, the the entire controversy that erupted about jo- around Joss Whedon earlier this year mm. didn't erupt because of all the things that Ray Fisher was saying mm. mm-hmm. the uh, even though even though multiple other people on the Justice League cast have sort of tacitly confirmed oh yeah it wasn't so good but none mm-hmm. of them came to speak up for him however earlier this year when Charisma Carpenter came forward about the bad way that Joss Whedon had treated her mm-hmm. uh People came forward. And while I think it is very, very good that all of these actors came out of the woodwork and that this became a a big controversy mm. because what Joss Whedon did was wrong, uh, I don't feel so great about having had a black man say very similar things for a year mm-hmm. and having gotten no support no, or very little other than the statement and, from and, Jason and Momoa. actively lied to, actively lied, lied to. to on several yes. occasions yeah. about yes. the nature of investigation, all of this kind of thing. Yeah. Not having received the same kind of support from his white colleagues as a white woman got when she came out about something that had happened much, much earlier before. Because I believe this happened mm. on the set of Angel, which Yes. Happened a long, I mean, Justice League came out in 2017. A long time ago. Yeah. Well, it was Buffy to start with. Yeah. It was Buffy, okay, Buffy yeah. and Angel. Yeah. 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 And again, th- that is in no way to downplay yeah. what happened to her because what, what happened to her not. is absolutely mm-hmm. worth, uh, it's worth becoming a controversy. But I think that this also has a, an unfortunate commentary on the people involved and also our society mm. because mm. Ray Fisher had been saying this and people mostly ignored him or were like, oh, this guy, that was the general feel. Yeah. And she comes forward. It's like, oh, no. Oh, no. There's some uh, unfortunate racial uh, optics there. This sounds this sounds like awful and maybe a little extreme. But like, I feel like uh, you have to be called like the N word on set for like it to be it to yeah, be escalated be to that bad. level yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. like it feels like because he was saying because he wasn't saying like he either physically uh, uh, like assaulted me or called me X Y or Z then therefore like my claims weren't taken seriously yeah. uh, and they were like yeah this isn't really worth us like making a whole controversy yeah. so if you could just like mm, quiet down a little I bit mean, do you know what I mean yeah. and that it's, it's, it's infuriating but I but I think and you're absolutely right Jeremy and Jasper those are really excellent points but I think there's something to be said also as well for this kind of build-up and expansion around what Ray Fisher was doing for a year and yes not receiving as much support but I don't know what Charisma Carpenter's intentions were I cannot speak Mm -hmm. for that woman at all Mm -hmm. Um, but I would like to hope that it was coming from a place of oh this person is has is speaking out and is hearing nothing Um, I now feel emboldened to speak out myself because I have clout Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I have because if I speak up people are going to rally. And that's mm. and, and that's what I hope because I would love to live in a world that was intersectional and understanding that like your anti-racism, your anti-sexism, your anti-isms have to operate on an intersectional um, basis because after that kick up and kerfuffle with Charisma Carpenter, another light 
was shined back onto Ray Fisher. It was like, hey, well, we forgot that. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah, look yeah, at yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah. This interview yeah? wouldn't yeah. have happened yeah. if not mm-hmm. for you that. See what, you see mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I would love to hope that that was a moment of going, I want to talk about something that's happened to me years ago, but I also understand that because I am a w- white woman, I have privilege and that it'll blow up. It'll absolutely And it actually sounds like up. she was, she, she would did, have been yeah, one of the only people who said it specifically in support of him. Exactly. Yes, she did cite him specifically when she released a statement. So, Ooh, you know. yeah. So, hey, thank uh, yeah. you, first of all, Charisma Carpenter, yeah. but come on to everybody else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, no, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely Wait, right. It yeah. is an indication of, of, of our society and how messed up it is. But like my, my dudes, if you're ever looking for an example of allyship, that's it. Yeah. Like, way to go. Well, that's like a really good example. Here's, here's a really, here's a really interesting thing that I think, and, and, and perhaps I'm reading a little too much into this, but I feel like mm-hmm. when, uh, one of the big things that jumped out to me is that Ray Fisher said, I was not, I am not, I was not yet indebted to Hollywood. Right. So when I look on Ray Fisher's IMDb, right, this was like one, one of his, if not his big break, right? Yeah. This was the big mm-hmm. moment for him. He'd done a couple things, uh, like one episode of a TV series yeah. and like a short thing. Like he really hadn't done like a whole lot before this. And so he didn't feel like he was so entrenched in the the wheel that he would like either completely ruin his career or that he was in somehow beholden to these guys for the rest of his career. Like he yeah. was kind of thinking, do you know what? Like, I hope I can get out of this and then maybe I won't have to play Cyborg for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then you, um, and like f- for me, someone who's like a pretty straight talking person and is not and been afraid to speak up about stuff in the past, someone like Jason Malmoa, who released a very bland, like, hey, that's kind of fucked up, shitty stuff happened, and, you know, like, it, it feels, mm-hmm. that's like, I'm like, sorry, you're just, you just, you said shitty stuff happened, you Elaborate. said that people need to be held accountable, so come on, like, you've got the power to actually make them stand up. Like, you've got to know that. Like, as yeah. the, one of the big stars, you've got several Aquaman movies. Henry but I wonder Cavill, whether that's part so of the quiet, problem. Eh? Gal Gadot is one of the why big ones quiet? because she was the other person who was raised as having and, had a really big mm-hmm. problem this with is the thing. Peter. So Gal Gadot still hasn't commented, but people have witnessed the conversations and Gal Gadot has said, yeah, that's correct. So it's still, it almost feels like they're, they're not willing to bite the hand that feeds. But I'm mm-hmm. like, look, if Jason Momoa, Henry Clavell, and uh, uh, and uh, Gal Gadot got on the phone to each other and said, "Is it time?" And Ben Affleck and said, "Yeah, yeah," and said, "Hey, it's time. Let's. It's time." If they all did it, what's DC gonna do? do you know They're what gonna I mean? recast <laughs> the entire Justice, Justice League. League assemble, you know I mean? guys. Justice League, get together. Go Realize for it. Realize your power. Yes. Realize your power. And and like, do you know what I mean? Like, they're not gonna recast <sighs> you as Aquaman, just Jason Momoa. They're not they gonna can't. recast you as Wonder Woman. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have power in this scenario, and the thing is, if you don't use it, then it's not going to improve for anyone, and all that's happening is that you're allowing this young black man at the start of his career to be continuously thrown under the bus by the machine. I'm like, mm. that's so fucked! Yeah, I know. That's so fucked I'm, for me. I guess, I money, guess... Money, what money, I, money. I, 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 I'm an angry black as, man, everyone! As, <laughs> as, all of, as, as you guys were talking, one of the things that was really uh, occurring to me, I think part of the reason why charisma carpenter's words were able to carry more weight than ray fisher's perhaps is because of how attitudes have begun to change in hollywood because of the me too movement mm. um i don't i don't think that if she had said this when it originally happened you absolutely. would have had nearly the same oh, controversy no. in no. fact it probably would have torpedoed her career yeah, absolutely yes. um whereas nowadays because of the me too movement these allegations are taken much more seriously mm. i wonder it was occurring to me like have black people had a me too i guess was that I last think we're year in the, i think we're in the middle 
middle of it. I think right we're now. in the middle of I it. Think I think we're still in it. Know what this is? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like in order for it to really work, it would be really helpful if more black people in the industry were to come forward with examples of instances mm. when they were mistreated, because mm. that was partly what made Me Too so effective. Is that all of these women just started to come out and be like, "Look, this happened to me. This happened to me. This happened to me." That was where it came. Me Too. It also happened to me too. Mm. And I think, but I think one of the things that makes this 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 it difficult. I remember when a lot of those women came forward, and uh, Unati, please correct me if I feel like I'm you know uh, off here, but I feel like the uh, the the a lot of the issue was that a lot of these women, and I'm guessing a, and a, a lot of these black people, much in the same way that I have done over the last few years, you were almost like so entrenched by the ge- what is generally perceived as acceptable that you almost don't know what is unacceptable until right. you sit back and you kind of. So I feel like mm. uh, you know there was a lot of women that kind of had to look in and go, oh fuck, I am dealing with a lot of trauma and a lot of yeah. stuff, yeah. but I was okay with it at the time. And I think that for a lot of people that then feels disingenuous. If you were okay with something at the time, but you're still kind of dealing with the repercussions, whether it's then okay to step forward and go, whoa, wait, wait, actually that wasn't okay. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I, and I think that's a difficult thing for people. And I wonder whether that's what's holding a lot of black people back who are thinking, yeah. well, it's basically got- Fisher and Boyega, right? <laughs> that's who we're looking at. Yeah, that's literally it. And it's, it's, it's the younger generation, I think for also sure. what may also be holding a lot of black people back, potentially, is when you look at something like Me Too, um, and I'm going to step in hot water anyway, so let's go for it. Right, in four pennies, four pound. <laughs> when you look at something like Me Too, you're looking at a spectrum of like women across all races, yeah? And obviously... Mm-hmm. All, no, we, I yeah, was yeah. just thinking the exact same thing. So like women across all races have very different like like um, b- uh, amounts of influence, yes? So, mm-hmm. you know, even mm-hmm. within that movement, there was like, there were problematic issues where, you know, mm-hmm. um, yes, of course, a lot of people were being heard, but a lot of marginalized women weren't being heard and a lot of black actresses mm-hmm. weren't being heard in that in that discussion. Over time, things have become more and more intersectional and that's just what it takes. It takes a little bit of time. Sure. I think what happens then with, um, with um, black folk and other POCs is that despite how far we've come in the diversity push and the diversity game, we are still in the, thr- we are still, we've still got a boot mm-hmm. on our neck. So mm-hmm. um, it is, it is incredibly like I'm, ha- I'm saying these words right now and I can't and I promise you in my mind I'm going what what if some exec randomly hears this one day and my yeah, future career 100%. is completely tanked. and this is Tyler Perry we're fucked do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean so like and, 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 and in my own career you know wherever it may be at this point in my life I have had to make tactical decisions about what I am willing to put up with and not put up with mm-hmm. in order to make sure that I can build a foundation and get ahead and, and, and what you're willing to say and what, and what, well, and what right? you're willing to say so I so I think that until more Tyler Perry's, more you know, um, uh, Issa Rae's, Abba DuVernay, Spike Lee, Michaela Coles, all these like great kind of creators and people who want to develop Shonda their Rhymes. own Sonda Rhimes, mm. develop their own studios. There's more as soon, more, as soon as more of them begin to rise, then I think we're going to be able to start speaking out a lot more about these yeah. things because. You've got to eat, babes. You need to chop. Food is cost money. I have rent Absolutely. to pay. Absolutely. And, and, and this is a perfect time to throw out one of my favorite uh, uh, quotes. I believe it was a Chris Rock quote where he basically said, there are no, uh, there are no wealthy people 
in and there are both wealthy black people in America. There are rich black people, but not wealthy black yeah. people. Mm-hmm. He said Shaquille O'Neal is rich, but the guy who cut Shaquille O'Neal's check, he's wealthy. wealthy. And that yeah. is the difference: is that right now, even, like Tyler Perry, I think he's probably the only one I would class as truly the head of a, a global yeah. studio, yeah. like a real powerhouse studio. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But like, in ter- I'm talking like would rival like a Warner Brothers or a you know a Lionsgate yeah. or a do you know what I mean like. So we're talking about potentially having one, one genuine powerhouse uh, in the world. Do you mm-hmm. know I mean even for even for Asian culture, we have like there are there exist entire sects of of, of movies like Bollywood, etc. Do you know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. which they hold a huge amount of power and influence and money. And do you know what I mean? So like the, at least there yep. is an area you could go to. Mm. To, do you know what I mean? To be a part of that creative process, whereas there isn't for us. The industry, is, I think, the crux of what you're saying, the industry is more female than it is black. Yes, is, that's, yeah. that's really what the crux of it is. Yeah, we, there were a lot more women in Hollywood who could jump out and be like, "Yeah, me too." Yeah. than there yeah. are black people, people. <laughs> and certainly, yeah. like you have, there were powerful. There were women in position. Amy Pascal's yeah. a major one. Kathleen mm-hmm. Kennedy yeah. runs Star Wars. Yeah. Like there, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. there were women uh, in positions Barbara of Broccoli, power. Yeah. Who, uh, who's the Star Wars? Uh, not Star Wars. Yeah, uh, James uh, Bond. James Bond executive. Yeah, yeah there absolutely. were some very, very Amy uh, Laura Ziskin. Uh, I think she worked on the the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, and I think is been involved with a lot of the Spider-Man movies, but like there, there, there were some, it weren't enough, but there were a few, at least women in high positions of power. Enough, in enough to Hollywood. mean, um, enough to mean that should you, should you have your career threatened? Like there would always be people to give you work. Do you know what Someone I mean? Like, would, yeah, should possibility you. existed. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas at the moment, like, Tyler Perry can only make so many films. Do you know what I mean? It's, and, you know, and every year there are hundreds of thousands. But of they will all now feature Ray Fisher and John Boyega. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because they're not getting hired by anyone else. <laughs> it's, they're all called, it's called the Fish Boy series. Fish Boy, Fish Boy 2. That's, I mean, that, that's really at the crux of the issue is that, yes, we are at a turning point, but we, you know, we're at the beginning of a rolling stone, right? Like it, And mm. that stone needs to start gathering some more mass and some more force we're we're only at the start of it and like that's a perfect chris rock quote because that's exactly the Mm. reason we are there institutional racism is real please check yourself Mm -hmm. like check yourself in the morning when you have that and when we are all uh ridiculously uh famous and wealthy uh actors having starred in multiple movies uh three black Mm. halflings will form its own studio (laughs) and we will make uh films it's gonna be we're gonna have to we're gonna have to we will be the ones producing uh fish boy uh for return of the booyah uh, do you know what i mean and you know what the, that's what this episode should be you know what the first thing <laughs> i will do and mandate at the production company we are hiring sensitivity freaking professionals yeah 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 we're gonna call james call james 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 is gonna be james is gonna be like the 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 exec like the main exec is gonna come in and go uh, yes, yes, no, 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 no. hell no. no. Yes, 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 yes. We give Just everybody. Just get out of here. Go, get, out. get. get. We give, like everybody subtitles. He's he's the sensitivity halfling. Uh, everybody's like a different kind of halfling. Yeah, and he's yeah, the yeah. sensitivity halfling. Absolutely. 
I just love the idea of Joss Whedon just hiding in the wings of movies, like hoping that he'll get like picked for them, and then people and people just shooing him out. Like get out, get out. The first time, the first time I heard the name Joss Whedon was in 2007 when the original Civil War comic book series was released. I remember this because the the name Joss Whedon sounded really weird to me. I was like Joss, <laughs> what Joss? Yos? Like, Joss? What's this? Joss? Anyway, it was a description of all the Marvel writers in a room trying to figure out how the original Civil War comic story should end. And Mm. apparently Joss Whedon just walked in and was like, yeah, you should do this, this and this and then left. And they were like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's go with that. So it's like this image of him just like hiding around Marvel Studios. Yeah, you should uh, do this. You should do this. this. You should do this. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, where did you come from? Where did you come from? He's always there. Yeah. The box. Yeah. Uh, I'm quite nicely though. I feel like he's been replaced by uh, the Russo brothers, who, for all intents and purposes, seem like a very wholesome dude. Two very wholesome dudes. There, there yeah. Lots of very nice reports about yeah. him. So um, yeah, uh, I did just want to give a very quick shout out because I'd be remiss if I didn't to uh, before we wrap up this episode because we've already been talking for a long time. Um, but uh, to the, uh, the 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 Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just because um, I've been watching that recently and uh, there is some really really fucking. Uh, nice depictions um, and discussions about race in this movie. Um, the whole show. kind of uh, sorry in this in the show, um, in which uh, like the very reason that Sam doesn't choose to take the shield in the first place is because of his own like like intrinsic fear of what that represents. Um, I won't. I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone, but I would just counsel you to watch it. Like Shout it's out. written and why do I keep saying movie? <laughs> okay. uh, wait till it's all out. Binge it all at once. And it'll kind of be like a long movie. Okay, That's what I'm saying. Um, but it's it almost it is, as long as Justice League. Oh, well, still probably shorter somehow. <laughs> Actually, yeah, probably. If it's only 10 episodes and each one's 40. Well, well no, it's, it'll it's, be around. It's, it's six episodes. They're all about 40 minutes. So it's probably, it is. It's actually yeah. shorter. It's it actually, it's, 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 it might actually be shorter than Justice League. Oh my god! So, but it is. Uh, but it is. It is written and created uh, by um, uh, by a man named. I had the thing open, and now it's disappeared. Malcolm Spellman, who actually happens to be uh, the son of um, of A. B. Spellman, who was uh, an African American uh, poet and um, uh, music critic, who was uh, influential in the creation of the jazz scene in America which is kind of amazing. That's amazing. Um, uh, And yeah, Malcolm Spellman, uh, who uh, was a screenwriter for it. Malcolm Spellman. Malcolm Spellman, yeah. I was like, "Mm -hmm." Mm, Uh, mm-hmm. And the whole series as a whole has been directed uh, by a uh, woman, a Canadian film director called Cara uh, Scotland, I believe. I might be pronouncing that slightly wrong. But I don't think it is. I don't think it is rocket science that uh, when tackling sensitive issues, you have a black writer at the heart of this movie because it intrinsically is about race. Uh, is about race in America, and I think they handle it in a very untriggering and unproblematic way, but a way that you can see it clearly represented on screen, and you give the characters agency. And holy fucking shit, the w- Wakanda is the best and coolest thing when they turn up. It like that that like you know they can turn up there and they're all the trailers. Yeah. So I'm sorry if I've, I mean. That feels like a spoiler, no, but it's, it's not. not. It's been, it's um, been everywhere. They're fucking badass, and uh, yeah, I want to do like a whole. They're very cool. Yeah. I want to discuss th- just them in this in we'll this movie. A, yeah. We'll do it. We'll do a Disney diversity talk at some yes. point. Yes. We can talk about the, the newest Marvel shows. Yeah. Yes, that would be a very good idea. There's actually. there have been some racial complaints about uh, WandaVision. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and also some celebrations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the the me- my favorite Marvel meme probably ever, Vishon. Oh, uh, Vishon, if you have not seen Vishon is please the look funniest up Vishon. thing. I love that. It's one of my favorite memes of all time. <laughs> I, I rarely laugh at memes. That one immediately. It's really good. <laughs> I adore Vishon. <laughs> oh, it's so but good. We should do an episode on that. It's <laughs> just on Vishon. I'm just on Vishon. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, Wagwan Wanda, me and the girl then begun. It's just too funny. Yo, man, me and Wanda don't talk no more. <laughs> don't talk no more. It's just, oh my god. Oh, it's like um, it's like Chris Evans. What's the Chris Evans one? Uh, what's it called? Um, uh, I don't know. You need to check this out, Jeremy. If you haven't, um, oh, let me Is see if I can Chris find Evans it. Meme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Uh, T- type in Chris Evans' nails. Oh, the nails. Yeah, where they give him long nails. Yeah, yeah the acrylic nails thing. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah, remember no. what the name of There's like a very specific name that they've given for this version of uh, of uh, Chris Evans. Uh, and it's very, very funny. Um, because he always just holds his hands in a very like posed way. And it's absolutely... Yeah, it's, that's great. <laughs> it's I saw one where they put... They put... They, I think... Jamal, I, I, think it's, I think it's actually called Jamal Evans or something. I think genuinely, I think it's something like Jamal Evans is the name <laughs> yeah, of the, the they, main they up character. They put him next to Michael B. Jordan, and Michael B. Jordan has looks like Whoopi Goldberg's hair and earrings, <laughs> and it has his head up here. It's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's very it's very good, uh, very 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 funny. Um, I like it. So, uh, but yes, this is. Uh, but this is. This has been a very. Uh, I feel like it's quite a big, quite a cathartic episode for me. I feel. I feel like <laughs> I got some shit out. Yeah. So, pl- like, please, honestly, let us know what your thoughts are on this topic. I think it's an incredibly nuanced uh, uh, topic. There's so much to it. There's so much in this article that we didn't even get even touch. Mm. Um, uh, I will say, look, yeah, we kind of very purposely tried not to touch on the the sort of more. Uh, insidious stuff that happened on set just because you know we don't need to give credence or any more uh, time airtime to Joss Whedon as a as a person as a human uh, I think that that's all there for everyone to see it's not really a debate it's just statements and facts yeah. now yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, that's the reason why we've kind of steered clear of that um, but yeah please let us know what you think um, because I think these are discussions that need to be had and I think that it's a very it's an interesting one for us I think as three uh, as three people of colour in this industry right now yeah. Like we're all in it right now, auditioning for stuff, and yeah. you know, uh, I think it's a it's a uh, an interesting time for us and an interesting time to see, uh, you know, what's going to happen next. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, cast me in a movie, you cowards. No, I'm joking. It's uh, please, please, if a white exec has please, this, please cast me in a movie. I <laughs> please please retract. You retract all statements. I retract all statements. Uh, <laughs> booyah! You now identify booyah, booyah! as strictly as mixed race. You no longer identify as black at all. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I will you... say any catchphrase. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your your name is now reason. Jasper Booyah Cartwright. <laughs> <laughs> Boo right, baby. I'm here. Buy yourself a yacht <laughs> and, put, and, and name it Booyah on the side, you know? Uh, the Booyah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on that booyah show reparations uh, you know what I'm saying I'm reaching I'm reaching for something <laughs> it's not there booyah um, halflings booyah halflings <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, if you see Ray Fisher in a thing, go and watch it. Yeah. 
that's the that's yeah. really my thing today. Just go and support yeah. that guy and uh and you know uh, just because and Charisma Carpenter. I did and not Charisma realize Carpenter. that she was doing that specifically in support of Ray, but that's really awesome. Yes, yeah. that is awesome. Um and uh, there are some good people in the world. Yeah. Uh yes, yeah. absolutely. Um and if you liked this show, why not drop it a review? Uh drop us some things like that so that we can help more people find our show because it really helps. Uh if you want to share us on social media like and things like that. Uh yeah, yeah if you want to share us on social review. medias as well. <laughs> I just saw like your like your VO voice, <laughs> like when you do little voice. Yeah. I was just like you put your little VO, like little boy attitude on. <laughs> Hello. Bet- between between me talking normally and VO voice is Korg. Somewhere in the middle <laughs> is Korg. <laughs> so if you would like to um, uh, know more about us uh, three black halflings, uh, you can go over to at TB Halflings. Uh, you can also support us on our Patreon. Uh, it'd be really helpful because uh, that's how we like make money and stuff. So uh, yeah, uh, Patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Really uh, just, you know, really glad you enjoyed the show. Um, oh boy. Okay. Uh, so you said booyah in that voice. Oh, <laughs> booyah. <laughs> booyah, motherfuckers. <laughs> so long, shy folk. <laughs> so long, shy folk. <laughs> <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.